Hey everyone, welcome back to the newest edition of This Week in Cincinnati. This is Lindsay and Brandon, and we're here to talk about the week of August 9th through the 15th. We are recording yep. on Monday, August 9th. Yep. So, um, first off, what's the you you don't have a show drink this week? I I never have a show drink. Let's be honest. What what? All right. What have you got? Um. I did not make it to the beer store this week, so I'm going off of one of the standbys that I always have in the fridge, which is a West Coast or West Side double IPA. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you didn't make it down to the beer fridge and you had to get a beer from up here. No, <laughs> no, made, made it down that far, but yeah, did not make it to the beer store. Well, okay, so. Last week was National IPA Day, which we all know that there is a day for everything. And I definitely mentioned Westside Double mm-hmm. IPA as one of my favorite IPAs. It's so good. Yep. Always I mean, solid. If I weren't such a lightweight, that's all I would drink at the brewery. Yeah, it's it is pretty. It's pretty heavy. I as mean, as, well, it's a double. I IPA. mean, it, it is, but I mean, most double IPAs clock in at around. You know, seven or eight percent ABV, and theirs is nine point three. Okay, yeah, about eight percent usually. Pretty solid. About right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's looking like a triple over there, and it drinks easy, so that's what's mm. the scary part, right? Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the last week, um, I feel like we did a lot, which is a common theme around here. Yeah. Well, we always maybe a little too common. Um. <laughs> yeah, we always have um. We always have a lot of really good food, at least in my opinion. So anyhow, so in the past week, I personally went to the Oakley Kitchen Influencer Night, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, There were about a dozen of us. We've been to Oakley Kitchen and talked about it. Oh, yeah. We're huge fans times, here. But, We're yeah. huge fans of Oakley Kitchen here at here at This Week in Cincinnati. Um, yeah. Yeah. So went... And we basically, we got a tour, a quick tour of the place. The Cutaway is now open, which is the bar there. So they kind of wanted to do something to, to celebrate now that every place there is fully open and functional. And we got to try food from each of the eight kitchens there. Nice. Which, I mean, which, not to toot yeah. my own horn, but we had already had something from all eight places. So, but yeah. it was it was cool. It was a really cool. In event. what three trips previously, right? So, yeah, so. <laughs> we've yeah we love it's, this place. Yeah, it's great. No complaints. Um, so yeah, besides that, um, we had some. Sta- I I went to some staples for sure. La Rosa's was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had dinner at Frisch's, which is a place I absolutely love. I think Brandon goes. Because I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I have a soft spot for Frisch's, for sure. It's so good. Um, and I, I always bring this up. So there's a really, really wonderful write-up that Polly Campbell um, published several years ago, I believe. Just about how great Frisch's mm-hmm. is for all walks of life. All socioeconomic statuses, how the food truly is wonderful, and it's reasonable. They have... A wide-ranging menu, mm-hmm. but I always talk about this article, and we are definitely going to have to share it in our uh, show notes today. I really want—I just want people to read it all the time. I think it's so good because I don't feel like Frisch's gets a ton of love. 
But anyway. Compared to the other, like, Cincinnati staples. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I think people think, like, kind of diner, eh, and yeah. just overlook it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I love it. So, um, yeah, besides that, we went to, we went to, this has been kind of a long time coming because it was closed for a while, and we went back to Bacall's Cafe, which mm-hmm. is in College Hill. I grew up going there, and it's definitely one of those places that I can recommend to Brandon, and he's almost always down to go. Yeah, that's true. So, I, so, I mean, what do you usually get there? Um, that's Tell a, the that's people. a buffalo chicken wrap spot for me. Yeah. Um, there's pretty good. For sure. But I mean, the, you know, it's, it's definitely the sort of place where I feel like pretty much everything they do is good. Yeah. So it's, I love that place. You can get a beer there along with your food, which is nice. And like chocolate sometimes. cake. Yeah. <laughs> and they have excellent, um, they have a garlic teriyaki sauce. They don't have mm. chicken wings on the menu anymore, but yeah. you can get that sauce. You can get their wing in, sauces. Yeah. You can get their <laughs> wing sauces like in their buffalo chicken wrap. Yeah. You can pick your wing sauce. Um, so that's kind of sad. I don't I don't really know. I, I think there is a chicken wing shortage currently. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of places are revamping their menus post-COVID too. Exactly. So. Exactly. That's kind of what we chalked it up as. You're Right. So definitely went to Bacall's, checked out Taft's Bruporium. And I know last week we talked about the um, the Taft's and Frisch's um, pumpkin pie ale collaboration. And mm-hmm. Brandon, bless his heart, oh, yeah. got that for me to try. And it was good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, what, did, what did you think of it? Um, it's definitely my favorite of the collaboration beers, I think, that I've had. I like... The other, like, you know, the UDF one. Oh. Um, even I, the, you know, the and ones the that Braxton one. has done, like the Graders one oh, yeah. and stuff like that. You're right. Um, yeah, I can I can agree with that. I think, I mean, that's, and I'm not generally a big pumpkin beer fan, but I. I didn't think it was super it's not, pumpkin-y. It's not super pumpkin I feel like it tasted a little bit more like whipped cream. Yeah. Which was interesting. Yeah. Which, and. Fine you know, with if, me. Well, and if you've had Frisch's pumpkin pie, you know that. You can't really serve it without a boatload of whipped cream, so. Any kind of pumpkin pie, really. <laughs> Have you seen that one meme that just, like, it's just covered in whipped cream? No. Okay, cool. So, we also went to Taste of Belgium, which is mm-hmm. a fan favorite here. Uh, West Fork and Smail Park. Yep. With the with the kids. We did Carol Ann's Carousel. Yeah, which or, that's back open to the yeah, public. Yeah, or as Mara is, calls it. Great. The, the, the Karis wheel. The Karis wheel. Yeah. Little sweetie. <laughs> um, yeah, that had been closed for a long time. And when, when I had looked through July, well, through the end of June, it was closed. I looked and they had their grand reopening, I think, the July 4th weekend. Hmm. So it's okay. been open about a month. Gotcha. But, I, I mean, I didn't know that. Yeah, we were surprised when we were down there that it was open. And yeah. That was kind of a nice thing. I, I yeah, super excited because we've ne- obviously we've I guess not obviously, but we've never ridden it. Mara is super into Karis wheels right now. Mm-hmm. We've been to Kings Island, and then when we were in Chicago, she rode one. Yeah, she did the one at Navy Pier, which is a another pretty famous one. I think. Yeah, so she she loved it. She was she picked the flying pig, of course. <laughs> yeah. She is our kid, right? 
Um, so yeah, for the first time in several years, I went to Geta Fest. Yeah. I took the girls and the one dish that I really wanted, which was the ribbon potatoes, which is basically Saratoga chips topped with Geta cheese and ranch dressing, didn't get. So I got two versions of loaded fries, of course. That should not surprise anyone. And then um, we topped off the weekend with a trip to Saigon Noodle Bar. Yep. Which, which is awesome. So, so yeah. good. It was our second I mean, time there. Yeah. I'm definitely a big Vietnamese food fan. And it's one of the that's that's one of the Asian food things that we can get where if I suggest it, you're almost always up for getting it. Is Vietnamese. Vietnamese, yeah. Between so, yeah, between pho. Foling Tang or Saigon yeah. Noodle Bar or you know, one of the other ones that have been around. Um, you know, R.I.P. Yeah. to Bamboo Kitchen. Well, it's something else now. We just have not been. Yeah. Well, and there was one. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know which one you're talking about. But anyway, we, we do really like Vietnamese food. Yep. Saigon Noodle Bar, unfortunately, is not super close or convenient for us. So we've only been a couple of times. And we really liked it the first time. But we mm. went back we last went, night. Um, yeah, we went the first time on during Asian Food Week. Oh, yeah. That's which, exactly what it was. Yeah. And so it was a nice way to get to try a couple of different things. But, sure. yeah, I mean, getting the, you know, we liked it enough to go back. And, and it was we'll even better. We'll definitely be back. Yeah. Yeah, it was even um, better. Yeah, that place, is, that place is awesome. So <laughs> Mara really loved her bubble tea. Yep. Your bubble tea, I should say. Yeah, Mara likes bubble tea, and actually, the last time she went, the last time we went, she like loved the pho. Yeah. And this time, she was she not into didn't it. Didn't really eat very much of it. I, she, but, you know, she's you know, a toddler. Yeah, she's, it's hard telling what they're gonna very, like and what they're not gonna she, like. Yeah, she's very picky with that. Yeah. So, uh, I feel like this has been like a a really big news week, a lot because. Mm. Just when you think things can't get much worse as far as, like, the division is concerned. Oh, it does. Um, I read somewhere that some they feel, like, so, so much more um, uneasy than this time last year. And I can totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's I mean, it's gotten to the point that all major Cincinnati hospitals are going to require the vaccine for their employees, volunteers, and contractors. I mean, this is where we are. I mean, I, I, I don't know why medical workers weren't getting vaccinated to begin with to care for vulnerable sick people. Yeah, you would you would think that that would be a population that would. You would think. Yeah. And it, it I don't. I mean, it sounds like it's torn like 50-50. These, you know, one side is like, I I believe I don't in, think it's 50-50. I did, it's, are they just very vocal? I think it's a vocal minority. Like 25-75 Something maybe? like, yeah. I mean. I hope. I Yeah, I, I can't imagine it's 50-50. I haven't been on social media, thank goodness, very much. And that's not necessarily a, a good way to kind of it's, gauge. Yeah, it's not. Um. I don't know, but Hamilton County's COVID cases are up over 75%. Ohio's cases are up over 50%. Um, Mike DeWine came out with a statistic that says 98.4% of virus hospitalizations in Ohio 
are unvaccinated people. So currently I've looked at hospital metrics because that's truly a way to kind of see. I mm. think that's a, a better metric to gauge how we're looking as opposed to positive tests. And the numbers are on the rise as far as like how many people are in the hospital. Um, let's see. Um, like confirmed COVID-19 patient count in Ohio hospitals by day. It's certainly on the rise. Definitely not at capacity for the ICU and all of that and mm -hmm. on vents, but all of these numbers are on the rise. And with people not taking it seriously, it's only going to get worse. So back to the point of having people who work in hospitals required to get a vaccine, they kind of want to just nip it in the bud and mm -hmm. lead by example. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's the place to do that's it. What, yeah. I mean, I don't have any any qualms with that at all. No. Yeah. Me either. Um, so when, uh, changing directions and other news, I think this news story is really cool. Jeff Ruby is moving flagship steakhouse to prominent downtown spot. Um, we briefly discussed this earlier. So mm -hmm. the Macy's location that has been torn down and that is becoming the foundry development, which is next to Fountain Square. It's kind of on the opposite corner of um, where Buena Braza used to be, well, Crew Tower, and then the foundry, mm -hmm. Fountain Square, and McCormick and Schmicks. So it's moving to that building, which is awesome because I feel like things, you know, really could have trouble staying there. And, mm -hmm. you know, a Ruby yeah, restaurant. I mean, when you look at Crew Tower and mm -hmm. all the, the, all the things done. that have been Buena in Braza there. is not there anymore. No. Yeah. So it's nice to know that there is going to be like a mainstay mm -hmm. Something business. that's not going anywhere. No, you know? absolutely <laughs> not. And quite frankly, I have never been to the Jeff yeah. Ruby Steakhouse. No, we haven't been to the downtown I hear good things about it. Yeah. I mean, just like every Ruby restaurant, right? Well, sure. Sure. But, you know, I think that um, it really, I think the ambiance has a lot to do with the experience. And, of course, the precinct is awesome, mm. yeah. which is where we've been. I know that mm. you've been to Carlo and Johnny as well. Mm -hmm. Same. And I, it's, it's a totally different feel from the precinct, yeah. I thought. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure how Jeff Ruby's would be the steakhouse downtown. So shoot, yeah. we should go there before they move yeah. just to check it out. I mean, it's been there for years and years. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> An excuse we'll see if we to have go. time, yeah. I know. <laughs> um, there's this other, um, there's this other, um, it's, I guess it's a slideshow on city beat that says, tell me you're from Cincinnati without telling me you're from Cincinnati. And it's, pretty hilarious you know there's there's like the there's the typical gold star versus skyline asking where somebody went to high school <laughs> this one's funny you know blake maslin's phone number by heart true one more call four four yeah. four 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 i had to get through the whole phone number though yeah it wouldn't have made sense to stop right just hit four a bunch of times yeah and that's Blake Maislin. When, when they pick up, then you can stop pressing four. <laughs> but that's not as catchy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so <laughs> um, it's a. That, I think that's a really cool article. 
And there's stuff about blue ice cream at Kings Island. Um, yeah. Oh, here's all the usual suspects. Here's a good right. one. You know how to spell Cincinnati mm-hmm. with one T. Thank you very much. Yeah. So funny story for all of these listeners out here. I actually just released a Cincy Crest T-shirt, and I I've been posting this design since May, and it's happened. I've posted it mm-hmm. several times. And it wasn't until the most recent post, just late last week, that somebody messaged me and brought it to my attention. He was like, I'm a new follower. I really like your content. Is there a backstory as to why there's a third N in Cincinnati on that shirt? Oh, my God. My stomach dropped. I just got 30 T-shirts printed with this. I had shipped and delivered all of these. No one had noticed. I've had stickers made. So, yeah, you know how to spell Cincinnati unless you're me and you blog about Cincinnati and think about Cincinnati all the time. And, yep. Gosh, what a mess. Oh, well. <laughs> so, thankfully, yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting the people who purchased them reprinted. This weekend, I'm going to be selling the ones that just exist as they are because, you know, they're going to be limited edition someday. Yeah, that's there. It's like a baseball card that, oh with gosh. a misprint on it. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be worth that much more. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Brandon, relieve me. Okay. Take us to Cincinnati Exposed. Sure. So um, my topic this week is actually kind of related to something that you've been looking into a lot lately. Um I know you're reading a book right now about the history of Kings Island. Okay. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit this week about the predecessor to Kings Island. Okay. Which is? Coney Island. Coney Island. Okay. So do you know kind of the story of Coney Island? Um, what do you know about it? What do you know about Coney Island? Uh, did... The, the people who started it just wanted to kind of have their own edition of, like, the New York Coney Island? So, I mean, the... It was... So, um, basically, the idea was... It was basically the Coney Island of the West was kind of the nickname. But the original name for Coney Island was actually the Ohio Grove. Okay. But then, you know, more people called it the Coney Island of the West, and then it just eventually it just kind of stuck. Okay. But that, um, basically that, it opened in 1886, and it was renamed Coney Island in 1887. So it's been called that since 1887. Okay. Long time. Yep, long time. Um, and actually the, um, it was just kind of the, place to be for a really long time okay um you know you have the river boats going up and down the river um and that was obviously a huge um driver to business to coney island since um if you've been it's right on the river <laughs> um so you could take a river boat you know from downtown to coney island and you know spend the day there and go back down so i did learn that mm-hmm. one of those boats caught fire mm-hmm did you read about that? I did. Yes. Okay. So, uh, which is, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know where you're going with this or what mm-hmm. else you have to talk about. So they did talk about this briefly in the book where 
um, that was one of the reasons, in addition to flooding, that they decided to move, move to yep. a new location. Yeah, so we're we're gonna get there. Okay. But, um, Proceed. Yep. So it was eventually bought um, by the Taft Broadcasting Company. Okay. Which at the same time owned all of the Hanna Barbera characters. Um, I know we've talked about previously the you know Union Terminal. Okay. And that being the um, Hall of Justice inspiration that was, you know, because Taft Broadcasting owned the rights to that. Interesting. Um, that is interesting. So basically they um, they announced in 1969 that a new nice. park was going to be built uh, in Kings Mills. So um, they, they did that. Um, Last season for Kings Island was in 1971. Coney Island. Coney Island, sorry. Um, and That's then, okay. you know, 19, nine, uh, and then Kings Island opened around that time, obviously. Um, and then, but uh, the the pool kind of stayed open. Um, they, they reopened it the next year and it was still open. Okay. But um, it didn't reopen for good uh, as kind of old Coney Island until 1976. Interesting. So um, it was actually, yeah, it was uh, it was closed for a couple of years in the seventies when you know Kings Island was really taken off. So, so we definitely had this conversation um, Mm -hmm. when I started the book. Uh, I guess we had never really put two and two together Mm -hmm. as to to um, Kings Island is like a portmanteau of Coney Island and Kings Mills. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. We were like, oh. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't know I, why didn't, I, never... I didn't know that it was affiliated at all, honestly. Um, I so you know. I'm sure you've read that in the in the book. They did. They did I'm go sure into it, it being Coney Island, and then introducing the idea of Kings Island, mm-hmm. and just kind of have segue segued into it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess I never really realized that they were affiliated either. I thought they were just two separate things. And, yeah, and then they built Kings Island, and it's, like, way out in the boonies, you know? Yep. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, as, as you as you alluded to, it, part of the decision to do that was because of the, you know, the river flooding. Mm-hmm. Every time the river would flood, it would cost them a bunch of money. Sure. Um, so it just made more sense to get away from the river. And also they did mention – that they were kind of landlocked in that mm-hmm. they couldn't really expand. Right. They were running out of space. Also. Exactly. Yeah. So going up to Kings Mills, they had all this land that yep. they could essentially do with what they wanted. Yeah. And, so, and they did. So For sure. It's, uh, an, it's an interesting book so far. Yeah. A great topic. I mm-hmm. love this. I love amusement parks. And I think um, while we're talking about it, I will say that August 15th, Kings Island is going to cease daily operations and just go to weekends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. FYI, well, everyone. While we're, while we're here. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I, I do have a couple of other just kind of facts about Coney. Please. Um, yeah, so I, I know you're familiar with Sunlight Pool. We've mm-hmm. been there plenty of times. Um, did you know that you... I'm sure that you knew this, but I don't know if our listeners all know that it's the largest recirculating pool in the country. In North America, I believe. Or in the world, sorry. Oh, in the world. It okay. Is the world. Sorry. Cool. Yep. Uh, so. 
that's, that's pretty awesome. Pretty cool. That is. It's really two hundred cool. feet wide and four hundred and one feet long, and holds wonder, three and a half million gallons of water. That's not that many. <laughs> I wonder where the like four hundred one foot comes from. You know what I mean? It's a good, it's a good question. I, I bet. Dang. So, I mean, they built it in what the twenties, right? So it would have been, you know, maybe they just mismeasured it. <laughs> they probably mismeasured it. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, and the pool is a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing that you know not a lot of people know about here. I feel like yeah, um, that it's you know such a historic. It's been open for almost a hundred years. That's amazing. Um, when it um, it used to actually have a white sand beach at one end. Whoa! Like Dang. when they first opened, they should reintroduce um, that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see what what else what else so oh um in June of 1956 Walt Disney actually made a visit to Coney Island to cool. see how everything worked um, uh, before he was, built Disneyland this was when he was in the midst of building Disneyland so, yes yeah that makes total sense um, so there's some inspiration there um, I know that you would definitely want uh, some kind of Social justice, along with uh, our topic this week. So, you know me. Um, actually, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Marion Spencer, mm-hmm. um, but she actually uh, is responsible for integrating Coney Island. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. she actually um, she sued Coney Island in 1952 um, because basically there was a um, like a content like a radio personality or something that was there. Um, and, you know, inviting children to Coney Island. And um, she asked if, you know, her children um, would be allowed to go there. And they basically said no and turned her away when, was, they, when they showed up. Um, so I wasn't going to go into. She, she sued them and won. Good and, for her. And since then, it uh, was has been integrated. So I wasn't going to go into the history of. Cool. Um, black folks and swimming pools sure. and how how old Coney's pool is and how that dynamic may have worked. So thanks for digging into that for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one, interesting. one other thing that I want to go into. Okay. So obviously uh, we touched on a little bit how it was, you know, named after the Coney Island in New York. Okay. Um, so, what do you know about the Coney Island in New York? Um, I know, isn't it on a pier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of out. It's near the water. Yeah. It's like so, a it's like the Santa Monica. Oh, yes, like a boardwalk. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And there, yes, I really don't know much about it. So, I know that the so hot dog eating contest is there. Yep. And so, <laughs> uh, and that's kind of what it's known for now. Sure. Right? Um, but... Yeah, I mean Nathan. Nathan of Nathan's, Nathan's famous was sure. the, and you know that's kind of where the name of a Coney hot dog comes from. That Coney makes sense. Island. So another kind of tie to Cincinnati there being you know Coney's cheese Coney's. Yeah, and so that was hmm. you know it's it's kind of all all together. You know, obviously the. The history of, you know, Cincinnati Chili and Coney's in general are 
is much different than Coney Island, but that's where the name comes from. Sure. Um, but then, do you know where the name Coney Island comes from? No. So the it, the original Coney Island is actually an island um, in Ireland, off the coast of Ireland. Whoa. Yep. Interesting. Which is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. So Where off the coast of Ireland do you know? It's in County Sligo. So that means nothing to me. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it on, the, it's on the west coast. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So Okay. Pretty pretty neat. That is really neat. Huh. Um cool. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, that's it? Yeah. Um I knew this was this was going to be a long one, so That's okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so we'll we'll go into then um, the upcoming week and things to do yep. this coming weekend. So the Hamilton County Fair is this weekend from Thursday to Sunday. That's the 12th through the 15th. And I've actually, I've never in my life been to a fair. I've not been to the Hamilton County Fair. Never been to the Hamilton County Fair. Never been to a state fair. Ever. Um so, but what is really cool, in my opinion, is this Saturday from 11 to 1 is a sensory event at the Hamilton County Fair. So it's a sensory-friendly event um, that that is geared towards children with special needs. So they're going to turn off the lights and sounds for all the rides. And then the rides that are able will go at a slower pace and stop when any child asks, which is... That's really cool. Super cool. So... If you or someone you know has children with sensory issues, this sounds really awesome. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, Kings Island is never going to do that, right? Right. So, you know. Exactly. It's, it's really, it's cool to, that they would be able to get that experience. Exactly. And admission to the fair is $10, and that includes rides, and parking is $5. So that's going on this weekend. And again, the sensory event is from 11 to 1 on Saturday. Um, Friday is the 2021 Union Center Food Truck Rally at Westchester Clock Tower and Square, and that is from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Saturday, we've got a lot of markets going on. Hamilton mm-hmm. Flea at Markham Park and the Off Market at Summit Park, both of those from 10 to 4. Saturday, also, we talked about this last week. I don't know why we were all screwed up. Yeah. I, I, I think with the beginning of the month being... Um, I, I thought the first was a Saturday, yeah. so I thought the eighth was a Saturday. So anyhow, yeah, we were... it was last week was not Westwood second Saturday. Yeah. It is this weekend in the Westwood Town Hall District from four to eight. Tour to Cincinnati, which is mm-hmm. myself and the shop that I kind of have, will be on hand, and I will be selling T-shirts, th- the three N T-shirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At no extra cost. Actually, I'm going to sell them at a little bit of a discount since they are erroneous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will have shirts, totes, stickers, that kind of thing. We did talk about having a discount code. Oh, yeah. So let's do 20% off with code TALLSTACKS. We'll oh, yeah. Keep, we'll keep that code the same. What, I was trying to remember what Hey, that was, that was your idea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but... I so, totally forgot about it after we recorded. That that's totally okay. So mention the code Tallstacks and you will get twenty percent off your order. Um, so this Sunday is the Women of Cincy brunch and silent auction fundraiser with live music by Aprina Johnson at Fibonacci Brewing, 
and that's from 11 to 2, which sounds really cool. Um, cool. Yeah, for a complete rundown and more events, you can follow me, at Cincinnati on Instagram, or you can sign up for the Tortoise Cincinnati newsletter. All you have to do is go to tortoisecincinnati.com, where you will be prompted to subscribe. Brandon? Mm-hmm. Take us to sports. All right. So um, the Reds are currently, um, you know, as we're recording this on a five-game winning streak. So just uh, just beat the Pirates at home. Um, I haven't checked the game uh, to see how they're doing against Cleveland tonight, but um, I'm assuming it's probably not going well because it's the Reds. Um, because you just talked about how I they've just, won five Well, straight. right. I mean, right. But – um they are still on the road um they're just i think this is a makeup game today but um you know they'll be uh in atlanta for three three games and then uh three in philadelphia so um basically the top two teams in the uh, nl east is uh who the reds have this weekend and this weekend this weekend um fc cincinnati had another draw over the weekend um Another home draw. Um, they did fire their general manager, uh, so make sure to get that news in. Um, which is they waited right till after the trade deadline to do that, which makes no sense. But you know, step probably a step in the right direction. Um, no, they do not have any games uh, this weekend. However, uh, they uh, will return next Wednesday. Got it. The 18th at home. Perfect. Yep. All righty. Thanks a lot for that. All right. Um, I hope you all have a great week. Yep. If you would like to engage or interact with Brandon or me, he is on his platform of choice on Twitter at The Musketeer. Mm-hmm. And you can catch me on Instagram at Lincinnati. Yep. Thank you all so much for listening. Yep. Have a great week. We will talk to you next week. See you later.